Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk. It's a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, makers of all sorts, whatever. I'm Jeff Fader, Fader Knives, and I'm fortunate enough to be in the room with Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and Craig Lockwood at Shop Knives. Not really in the room, but kind of in the room. We're here for kind you. Of. Kind of. Hi, guys, hmm. how are you? Hi. Hi. Very good. Very good. Summer's here. Finally. The sun is shining. Everybody's happier. We can't, we can't see them smiling. They're wearing masks, which is a good thing, but uh, everybody's happier. It's all good. Yeah. I don't think people are happier here. No? No. All these. It's, you live in New York. Nobody's happy in New York. <laughs> oh, you hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What movie was that in, from? Uh, City Slickers. Hey, I'm walking here. I like your New, I like New York Craig. New York Craig is now my <laughs> new favorite. I love your, uh, your Americanisms and especially your New York. That's what you think of when New York people are always just crossing the street. I love it. Just always angry, yeah, always yeah. crossing the streets. Yeah. yeah, and getting coffee. Always. Coffee. Yeah. 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 Hailing wow. cabs, <laughs> hailing cabs and yelling at cars. I love it. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, how are things in, in New York at the moment? Because um, across most of Europe, we're seeing spikes and everybody's going right. back into lockdown and restaurants are having to close again after just like days of being open. I mean, What's it's it like there. It's, you know, it. I'm in a little bit more of a uh, suburban area, so there's not as much people. But um, it's you know it's it's concerning because there was a big outbreak in New Jersey, which isn't very far from us. But uh, as far as my immediate vicinity, based on you know my wife is a nurse practitioner, and she's oh they're always getting the the every morning they get the kind of how many people are in the hospitals and around here the numbers are very very low like they don't have any they don't I, they like have a few people who are actually in the hospitals but mm. from what i understand it's very low but i mean it's like this is the time to kind of like don't fuck around you know now you know especially now we got like between a month and a half and two months before school starts less than two months. Mm. no my mistake one month so school supposed to start in less than a month and there's a lot of people just like let's just you know, let's ride this bitch out. Meanwhile, everyone's kind of like trying to enjoy the summer because they doesn't feel like there was a summer. Mm, yeah, trying to make the most of what little summer we've got. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But here in well, I say here, but back in the UK. So I, I'm working with a restaurant in Manchester, and um, they opened after you know a long time of being closed. Um, a lot of preparatory work being done on the restaurant. So and they opened up yesterday, which is the first. Um, before even before the end of the day, the government announced that um, bars and restaurants in Manchester need to close again. They didn't even have one full day of business. It's brutal. And obviously, they, they'd spent a fortune, obviously, on, you know, redesigning things so it would work, you know, with, with the social distancing and so on. Um, but to be told, even before the end of day, 
that, that everything needs to go back in full lockdown. It's just... It it's going to be killing off so many businesses. Killing off. Scary stuff. Killed off. Scary. There's a list mm, in yeah. there's a list in New York of all the restaurants who closed permanently. And it's uh, mm. you know, their names that you've seen, you know. Yeah. Crazy. What's going on over mm. in uh in the West Coast? Yeah, at least around here, uh we've definitely been seeing spikes as well. And um the 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 number of cases um like the weekly the tally is more than it was before when we were locked down. And so oh. I don't know if they're going to start locking things down again. I don't know what the hell's happening, but I don't under I just don't understand why people can't make like a simple decision uh to to wear a mask. Like it's not it's not hard. Well, and it's, you know, people don't want like to be told what to do. Yeah. Especially yeah, I, by their, you know, governors and and state representatives, and they don't want to be told. Nope, nobody wants to be told what to do. Yeah, I saw this. Um, my my wife came across this post on Facebook that was like a print article, like an uh, I don't know what it was, it was like an advertisement of some sort for a restaurant uh, called Free Choice Restaurant or something like that, and um, they were honoring people's uh choice to wear to wear or not wear a mask but they were also honoring employees um right to wash or not wash their hands or follow proper oh, safety protocol and stuff Jesus. and it was it was a joke it was a Christ. joke and the idea ah. is that <laughs> the, the idea is that the reason we have these protocols in place and and then we have these rules in place is to help protect the health of people we don't know right. and that's the mm. same fucking thing with the masks but People just can't seem to get past their own fucking no like you know, see past their own noses and 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 their own. Mm. I don't know. I just don't get it. Look, what are you gonna do? the 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 worst part of it all is we've wasted too much time. That's the worst mm. part. It's like yeah. that's the worst part. And I I um I was a, a chef I know. His name is Mark Vetri. He's a pretty famous chef in in, in uh, Philly wrote an opinion piece in the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer in regards mm. to the they've done he's he said if i knew now what i what what I, if i knew back in march what i knew now i wouldn't have tried to to reopen and what he did yeah, was yeah. it was like he got zero information from the the mayor of Philly got zero information and he just said I, I talked to doctors and I tried to I I bought plexiglass screens every single one of my booths have plexiglass screens I have a I have a you know safety protocols for all my cooks and all my waiters and we have social distancing and we he's like I've done everything I can to create a safe environment for our guests and the goddamn right. city is not letting us do anything and and he's like mm. and he's just he's he's like no one's told us anything they push back the dates they push back the dates they push back the doesn't really matter what side of this of the political spectrum you are this mm. is a fucking clusterfuck and it's like it's it's it it, it it's just it's ridiculous you know yep yeah. it's ridiculous and it seems to be the same the same everywhere uh, an example yesterday so we've got visitors here amy's friends are over at the moment and we had a day out the races yesterday and obviously all outdoors and um you know when you go in everybody's wearing a mask when you go in through the entrance and you know which is which is quite right um but we were there with the babies so we managed to find a space which was like 100 meters away from anybody else this is a field this is a racetrack you know 100 mm. meters away from everybody else um, one of the officials um, took the time to come over to us without a mask on, without a mask, to come over to us 100 metres away from everybody else and say, you need to be wearing masks. 
And we're just like, yeah. come on. So it's just like common sense, isn't it? Well, Everybody it... needs to know that if you're around other people, for their own protection and for your protection, you wear a mask. Yeah. But, oh, it's The funny thing is, is they started baseball. And I was thrilled. Mm. We li- I don't have TV. We don't have cable. So we listen to the baseball. I listen to baseball. I love listening to baseball. It's so much more fun to me because you have to kind of like picture what's happening. These goddamn, the, 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 the Cardinals have an outbreak. The Marlins have an outbreak. They, they haven't even been, o- they haven't been out for like two weeks. And they're already, the Toronto Blue getting- Jays aren't letting anybody come up there. I don't blame them. It, the whole thing's <laughs> a fucking disaster. It's a disaster. It's a no, it yeah. is ultimately, doesn't really matter like i said doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you are fucking thing sucks you know and it's like mm. i'm irritated now because i'm doing this thing with the peak school coffee house we're, we're, we're trying to raise money because all there's so many kids who are unable to do distance learning you know and they don't have no. whatever computers some of them don't have wi-fi in the house or maybe there's too many kids in the house and there's not enough wi-fi to let them do zoom classes so we're, we're you know and there's no you, you know, you hear we got a we got a, a survey from the, the from the superintendent of schools. Schools supposed to open up up in a month, and we all got a sur- all the students, the parents got surveys and what you feel comfortable doing. And it was really like motherfuckers don't have it. And then the governor is supposed to figure out what what's, what the plan is for the schools on the end of this week. It's the whole thing sucks. So outside of COVID, what's been going on? <laughs> oh, jeez, you know. It seems that all everybody is talking about at the moment is COVID, and this to me, this is this is a welcome relief once a week. Come, oh, come sorry. and speak to you guys. Yeah, everyone's probably like, "God damn it!" I listen to Knife Talk because I'm bored. And I want to hear about plunge lines, and you motherfuckers uh, are talking about the, you know, what are you gonna? If do? they're getting their COVID news from us, they need a, a more reliable source. <laughs> I mean, it's not really news. I mean, we're listen. We're allowed to talk about what's going on in our lives. We, you know, always going to talk about scratch patterns every five minutes. Jeez. <laughs> so. What is going on in? Let's start with Morocco. What's been going on this week? Have you, have you been on the beach still? Uh, no, I have not been down to the beach lately. Um, w- this past week, though, I did finally get a blade forged and heat treated and started working on the finished grinding of that knife. I also have another knife I got back from a leather worker. I, I sent it to a guy who's local here uh, to have a, like a crossbody draw kind of shoulder harness and sheath combination made. Wow. Uh, looks really cool and uh, came out beautifully. The guy does really good work. He's actually uh, a saddle maker, and he makes some of these high-end horse saddles that are like three thousand, five thousand, six thousand dollars for a saddle. Um, and so he did a really awesome job with that. Uh, actually, the the funniest part probably of this last week has been um, we had. Let's see. This is my my wife's adopted cousin's sister-in-law um had it yeah wait a second adopted cousin's cousins. wife's sister-in-law dang that's far removed go ahead yeah um (laughs) they had a uh they're going out of town they have some farm animals uh not that many just some uh chickens ducks and a pig and and um the house sitter bailed on them after they'd already driven like 10 hours out of town oh my god and so they had to turn around come back they're scrambling to figure out what's going on their kid's ninth birthday is happening the next day it's all this big old mess and they get a hold of us and um 
And so we, we've been uh, helping out and taking care of the animals and stuff. And what's been really fun about it is my son has been coming along. Cause like where they live, I basically, I drive from my house. I go to their house and I drive back by past my house to go to work, to, to where my shop's at. And so I've been bringing my son with me to help with the animals and stuff. And he just loves it. He's loving, loving it. Feeding the pigs and seeing the chickens and holding a chicken for the first time. And it was super fun. But That's cool. And collecting all the eggs. There's a they're producing like eight eggs a day, and it's like I gotta figure out what to do with all these extra eggs now. I'm looking at making some <laughs> creme brulee omelets or some, yeah omelets <laughs> frittatas or make some like frozen custard or something like that. I don't know what, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, let's see. Oh, something I forgot to mention last week. Because, you know, Jeff's always complaining about, or not always complaining, but, I mean, you let's know. start off with Jeff complaining. <laughs> Jeff, that mean? Jeff, you know, means... Jeff the complainer uh, is always talking about, <laughs> uh, but he's got people popping by the shop. And I had I had a, a little vagabond drop by named Salem Straub uh, last week. And it was, it was nice to see him. I hadn't seen him since Blade Show last, or Blade West, actually, last October. And uh, I didn't really get to see and hang out with him. And, uh, you know, we're hanging out outside of my shop, masked up and chatting. And he was, he was swinging by because he picked up some new machinery down Oregon. He was passing through Olympia on his way back up. So I'm a straight shot off the highway. So he just popped over. And it's uh, a good pop that was right pretty, there. Yeah, it was a great pop in. No, and we, you know, we talked knives, we talked patterns, we talked well, all this craziness going up. His son is actually, I think his son is only a few days younger than my son. So him, him and I are going through like the same stuff with our kids at the same time. Um, yeah. Other than that, that's, that's what my week's been. Everybody wants to know how is that, uh, stainless Damascus knife getting on? Uh, so the stainless knife is fine. I'm still, I'm just waiting on uh handle or the material, um, for shoring up. I guess there's been a delay, uh, f- with the chain, I guess the the supply chain going to Texas Ferry Supply. And again, it's you know my customer is super flexible, um, and understands you know the, everything that's going uh, going on in the world. They're not pissed off because they're not oh, getting, yeah. it, oh, yeah. getting yeah. it right away. They understand shit's kind of fucked up right now, <laughs> and so um, yeah. but yeah, they've been super flexible, and I'm just I'm just waiting on that. I'm not trying to stress out about that right now. Uh, I got these other two knives that I'm working on. Then I need to get out anyways, so there you have I'll, it. I'll put this little audio file on hold then until we know it's finished. Okay. It's been waiting for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you have you have a, you have a drop. <laughs> you got a drop. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay, I want to finish it. Yeah, just motivated me. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Jeff, what's been going on? Your your um, sandwich knives—they've been going like like hot sandwiches. But looks of things, we—it uh, was great. We, uh, we the first week, it, we hit our numbers within the first day, and uh, we just basically just backed off a hair, and and then we kept it open for two weeks, and we're closing it down on Monday, and we wow. went way past what we expected to make, which in terms of the, the volume of knives. So I'm super pumped about that, and um, I'm actually gonna go out and get some more wood from tony's got the the uh north fork um cherry i gotta get from him and we're gonna i'm stabilizing that and drying it all out and stabilizing it and i get the pattern uh sent out to be lit water jet cut which i'm super psyched about and um 
Yeah, it was, that was really good and really great um, feedback, and I'm so, I'm super pumped to do that. And then the blade uh, patterns, if you don't mind, real quick, the blade pattern is pretty interesting because yeah. I feel like uh, you you have the offset serrated like you normally do, but then it's got a, like a sweeping curve out to the tip. Yeah, that's right. This is yeah. this is was like a more it was a more uh, interesting shape, and we I went uh, Trevor Conk the chef is like a you know. He, I made it for him. I made, I gave him some options in terms of the handle and the, and the blade. And I was just like, let's just make this a little bit more interesting. Cause this was not just a bread knife and yeah. he used it and he loved it. So he was super pumped and you know, it's got like a straight in the, in the, in the, you know, that by the heel is a little bit straighter and then it just got a little bit more sweep. It's kind of interesting. So mm. yeah, I'm psyched. Yeah. He's pumped. He used it for, he used it for about a, a month and a half. Um, and he loved it. So he, he's super pumped and you know, the reception has been really good. And so we're going to slowly get uh, working on that. And then uh, my uh, steak knives came in. So I'm working on a pile of steak knives as we speak. And then uh, I got some cleavers out, which was fun. And um, it's just all systems go. All, oh, I did. You know, I, I was um, I interviewed Quentin Middleton on Monday and he, he was saying to me, um, he was saying to me, talking to me about how important it is to kind of take time for your family. And he's like, you know, money comes and goes, but you'll never get your time back. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I should take, my wife is on, on vacation this past week. So I, we, uh, we took Thursday and we went to a lake. We swam in a lake and that was fun. Nice. And uh, went on a hike and we went for, to the lake and then we just had a very relaxing nice. day. I like a Thursday off. You go back to work on Friday, but then Saturday you, you still feel a little bit relaxed. So. It was really, it was really nice, real nice. I, I see you've been spritzing too. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, Craig Lockwood, because you got <laughs> us down a bad rabbit hole. <laughs> I say that with peace and love, peace and love. I, literally, literally, after we podcasted last week, I had to go to the the liquor store anyway to just kind of like get some things for the house, and um, I went to go see, to Dylan's wine store. My friend uh, Steve Zwick owns it, and I look up and I'm looking around. I'm like. What the fuck? There's the Aperol. And I grabbed <laughs> the bottle. It's not expensive. I got it. And I say, Steve, you got any Prosecco? And he's like, sure do, Jeff. And grabbed a bottle of Prosecco. And I came home. I said, hey, Hill, you're on vacation. I think we have a new beverage for this uh, your vacation. God damn, that thing is tasty. Super Very tasty. tasty. The Aperol Spritz. Yep, super Moorish. Yeah, we did. Um, okay. And then everyone was popping in. Uh, I know Max Hollowell said you got to put it in a vodka tonic or a gin and tonic and this don't do this and do this. Everyone, I had all these great ideas. So I actually ended up putting a little bit in a vodka tonic. That was pretty good, too. Mm. So, yeah. So you uh, you uh, hijacked um, you hijacked the uh, beverage menu of the uh, in the Fader household. Well, yeah, I've got more into it this week as well. It's yeah. It's, it's it's refreshing. It's easy to drink. It's super Moorish. It's yeah. What's Doesn't what is Moorish? Sort of... Moorish. Wait, you know you want more. Oh, I thought you meant like I thought <laughs> you, you know. was like like you know like Muslim <laughs> African Muslims yeah. back no. in the day. No. Was like, what is going Moorish. on? Look more. at you. You know, like crack. Crack is very Moorish. Apparently, you know, it's it's one of those things like Jesus. You want they want to go back to. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Moorish? <laughs> What the hell's the matter with you, Craig? Uh, I don't, it's, it's hot in this room again. I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating taking my T-shirt off. Oh, you know? Please do. Oh, please do. Well, I mean, you know. Just turn the like camera off. Like Professor Chris. No one will <laughs> <laughs> no ever know. Exactly. Exactly. So what have you been up to? Um, uh, we bought a house. 
<laughs> Jesus. Yay. We did. Yes. Yeah. I knew it was coming. The minute we saw the house, I knew it was coming. And um, we yeah, we sort of negotiated a little bit and we we went back and signed on Friday. Congratulations. After a couple of days of negotiating. So, yeah, so it's all good. So it, by the looks of things, we won't be, with everything just moving super slow over here, well, it does anyway, but, you know, super, super slow, um, we won't be ready to sort of move until February. Um, but I think what mm. we're going to be doing is not move until maybe next spring. And getting some work done on the house before we move in kind of thing so yeah it's really exciting really exciting but um it's just so much more work again when you just as you start to get settled in the house you're like okay we're coming to a point now where it's comfortable we can relax a bit more then we stumble across this other house and uh you like it's trouble good. it's all good it's uh, well it we didn't go looking for it as such it, right. it just That's sort of stumbled across us no one looks for trouble and it, it's maybe they yeah, do and it's it's the dream house. It's it's the house that we lived the rest of our lives. Um, so yeah, we'd be fools not to have gone for it, you know. So very exciting. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's been a, a busy week of negotiating with that, and we've had uh, visitors over this week, and yeah, it's been a fun week. But it's been blistering hot, blistering hot. It was showing forty five degrees Celsius on the um, the external temperature thing we have in the village here the other day, and it's just the streets are empty. You know, it's just too hot everywhere. But yeah, we can't complain. It's all good. It's all good. Holy shit. 45, uh, I just did the conversion. 45 is 113. What? Fahrenheit. Yes. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. That's terrible. It's been like on the sun. It's been it's like, like on Arizona the sun. status. Yeah. And we, we like this morning we had a, like a thunder shower. It lasted 10 minutes. Then it's gone and it's back up to late 30s again. And it's just like, ugh. Oh, humid. Ugh. Yep. Oh yeah. So but, um, that fucking thing. I don't even. I don't, we at some point you're gonna have to send us the ad for where the orgash comes from because you do. Oh, I don't. I, I, I still don't know what that is. <laughs> it's from. You said it was from some commercial. So back. It's to just your, like an insurance Yes. Yeah. Back to your house. How far away is it from your current house? About twenty-five minutes. It's not far at all. It, yeah, it's not far. But it's it's in a really really pretty village, and there's like a massive chateau there, which is, you know, just huge. You know, lots of visitors come from all around the world to come and see it, that kind of thing. And it, we're oh. very close to that. Um, it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful place. So, yeah, we're just very lucky that we managed to stumble across it at the right time, and um, and that the owners are old and they're dying soon and they need to sell. Well, so we're seems, very lucky. Seems a little seems a little a strong way to say it. <laughs> It's the way it is. <laughs> Tell it how it is. We're so lucky that they're dying and we're we're seizing on their, you know, their situation. Uh, yeah. Birds are chirping. Um, the, the, they're digging the graves. <laughs> they're getting ready to, you know, hop in. Just hop in. You just give them a little bit of money just to take with them and then we're, we're all good. Everybody's happy. The pharaohs. You're going to be burying the pharaohs. The pharaohs with their pets. But there, there is um, an old forge on site at the moment. Um, like it's ancient, super old, um, which is going to be my knife studio there. Um, so th- that's probably the most work in the whole house to be done. It will be the workshop. Is it? But it's, it's, it's nice. Below ground. It's or? bigger. It's probably. It's what? Sorry. Is it below ground? Um, it's not below ground, but it's it's in like a really old barn, so it's got the earth floor still. Mm. Um, it's probably twice the size of my current. Um, knife sort of workshop here, um, so it's going to be nice to have all that extra room. But um, yeah, it's, I'm going to keep the you know just the the, the earth floor, 
Um, and it's going to be it's going to be nice. I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to be lovely. And it's sort of separate from the house, so it's not going to be in the main building. Um, but you know, still linked. Um, it's going to be lovely. And I'm going to have you know the podcasting studio separate again. It's going to be nice to have everything all in their own little space. We're looking forward to it. It's gonna, it's gonna be a big, big change for us, and lots of room for the for the babies to go running around and you know discovering things. So it's all good. Did you f- all good. Did you find anything in the forge that would be worth talking about, like an anvil or anything? Or no, we haven't really rooted around fully yet. It, it's just loaded with junk. It's loads of stuff in there. So it was, I'm sure as soon as we start pulling things apart, we're gonna find stuff. But I mean, even go down to the basement in the house, it's just full of old wine bottles and things like that. It's yeah, so I think there's gonna be some finds there. Um and I think the way things are going, I think everything will just be left as is. So the day we move in it'll be it'll be like it is today. Oh. The owners won't be taking anything. So <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, it's, it's... <laughs> they won't they won't be taking anything, that's for sure. <laughs> Straight in the grave. Uh, yeah. Um you pay for those graves for the square foot, they're not taking anything with them. <laughs> wow, what a lovely pair of pants are hanging up here. I wonder where the owners are. I know. Down, check out down by the field. There's those two crosses in the field. Yeah. One set of ghosts for another set of ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we're we're well, we're very fortunate. So we're we're managing to keep this house too. So the excuse me. That's what you did when you walked in. You, you were doing a lot of the COVID <laughs> coughing when you were walking yeah. through the house. <laughs> this house is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Get rid of them sooner. But um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the idea is this current house we'll we'll keep and we're going to use it for sort of um, rentals, but like event rentals. So we could do like a, a knife making workshop here. So you could do like a residential course over a long weekend or nice. um, we'll get a chef in here and people can come and learn to, because there's a couple of kitchens here. So we can do like a, like a cookery course, you know, like, you know, learn to French cook in a week or, or Hawaiian cooking, which, which obviously I won't be doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. So yeah, we can use this space for to get people over and do fun stuff with. So I'm looking forward to it. I was joking. Knife wise. I was jokingly going to suggest that you keep it so that you could do stuff like that. And it sounds like you're already doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, th- th- yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a tax thing. It's like if you sell your second house, there's a, there's a big rate of tax to pay. So mm. we turn it into a business is, is the right move, I think, you know. Um, but uh, knife wise, um, just like Jeff, steak knives, a lot have arrived. So I've got a bunch of orders to do um, for steak knives as restaurants are reopening and they're, and they and funnily enough they're spending strangely which which has really surprised me so so that's good we've had lots of steak knife orders in um we talked briefly last week about packaging and i had some prototypes through um which i've sort of signed off and they've now gone to print so i've got a few hundred of these boxes come in which are pretty cool um that's pretty much it really i said we've had vi- visitors here so we've been sort of entertaining and taking them out and about as well but um it's been it's been a fun week it's been a fun week but just a shade too hot. I love those boxes. Yeah. They look great. Yeah, I love the font. Cool. I love the spacing. It's just very, very, very modern. It's great. Looks great. It's a, it's a, it's a rip off. Let's face it. It's a rip off of the, of an iPhone box. Um, but <laughs> whatever. I, I, you know, it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> I wasn't making. I wasn't going to make that assertion. I was giving you my opinion. I thought it was nice. Yeah. No. It's cool. It's cool. It's so a rip you, off. You, it is a complete rip off. It was just, yeah, it was just, I need to get something done quickly. And, and 
I don't know, it suggests quality to me. That's what I thought. So um, what you haven't seen is the inside. So the inside, there's a, uh, a compressed card board, which is white. Um, and there's holes in there with like a gold ribbon so that when the knife sits in, it's tied in place so it doesn't move about at all. So you can shake the box and whatever you want to do and the knife stays exactly where it is, away from all the edges, sort of stuck in the middle. So, yeah, it's, pre it's pretty cool. So th they're actually coming Monday, Tuesday, um, a bunch of them, but they are a nightmare to put together. So <sighs> if you could imagine like a, a die line of a box, which is like the shape before you fold it all up. Oh, yeah. It comes cut and scored in all the right places and so on, but actually trying to fold everything in place. Oh, it's a night. Yeah. It took me about 15 minutes to do the one prototype we had, and I've got like shit loads coming. So I'm sure I'll get the knack of it and it'll be quicker. Um, but yeah, I think they look really cool, and I think they'll protect the knife well in shipping. And um, I think people would be quite impressed. You know, it to me, it sort of suggests a certain quality even before you open the box. So, so I'm pretty happy with that. So when the, when it's all the knife is in the box and you sh rattle it around, it's it's insecure, or does it like shake around inside it, the box? It's completely secure. So there's this this compressed sort of card at the bottom, which is quite thick, and it's sort of tied down to that. Great. So do you know, I do know the only, the only way I could describe it is like sometimes um, with toys, and Mareko, I'm sure we'll know this, toys, they generally go on like a card back in and you get these horrible twisty wires yeah. keeping them in place. <laughs> it's pretty much like that, but this is using gold ribbon instead. So it keeps it in place that Very way. Cool. Um, yeah, it looks quite impressive. So the, the exterior of the box, I've sort of, I've got like a gold foiled in stamping thing with the chop logo. So that's on the exterior, and that sort of matches. Then, when you open up inside, you get the gold as well. And yeah, I think I think people will enjoy it. Um, it's got the care instructions on as well, so people can't say, you know, what am I meant to do next if they haven't seen, you know, the website or they haven't read any of the emails. Um, the knife will come with the care instructions in the box, which they, you know, they have to see before they open the box. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a good solution, um, and not as costly as I thought it would be. So I'm I'm pretty happy. Question. That's great. Can you use the laser etcher on the cardboard? Yes, if it had arrived. Oh shit! <laughs> I know. Oh, shit. Um, I've got the. <laughs> I've, it, it's on its way. I've got thing. the FedEx track in. I've got the FedEx track in, and it's meant to be here Thursday. So I, I know it's out of China. It's cleared customs, um, and I'm being told it's coming on Thursday. So, so yeah. So the hallelujah drop will will go to for one of you first. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. That's now good. you can Who's use it for more than first? just the knife. You can use it for this fucking laser printer or laser etcher. But because it, it would be, yeah. be kind of neat if you could, you know, you box the knife up and then you could laser etch in like a personalized note on the box to the customer. Well. Oh, well, sorry. Did I? Sorry. <laughs> Again, another complete and utter ripoff from Apple. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has seen the, the Apple card, which is like the Apple credit card. Um, it's just one piece of aluminium or aluminum, as you guys wrongly call it. Um, and it's etched with a laser with the person's name and the card details. So this will be um, etched with the person's name and just like a certificate of authenticity with the CHOP logo on and so on. It's this aluminium card that'll be in the box on top of the knife. Look at you, thinking of everything. Yeah, so it's going to it's gonna look really, really swish, I think. And um, I said, they're coming now with, literally the next day or two, and I've, I've got bunched ready to ship out immediately. So it's, it's going to be quite nice to, to get these out and about and see what people think of them. Super cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. I like that expression, by the way. Swish. It's going to look really swish. I've never heard that before. I like swish. that. Swish. It's going to look really? really swish. Never heard that before. 
Swish. That's great. <laughs> Do you know what is Switch? Switch or Knife Swish? Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, <laughs> the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Do the chopper! Even heats are swish. <laughs> fucking good. That that should be the new strap line. We are swish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it'll work but, well very well over here. <laughs> yeah, but just to just to just to give even heat some love, the three of us use even heats. Um, and if we weren't using even heat, we wouldn't be making knives. They're the best way to heat treat your knives. Um, great people. It's a family-run business. Um, go on evenheat-kiln.com and take a look at at the ovens that they have. Best in the business, and you get the best support in the business too. So let's get to it. Let's get some questions in. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? You got questions. We got answers. Well, hopefully. Uh, this is part of the show where you ask <laughs> That was questions. confident. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> uh, this is where you ask your questions about knives and relationships, child, children, whatever. Uh, this first one is from James Lang. He says, you see people hacking into branches and two by fours to test chop, uh, camp knives and choppers, but what are some appropriate tests for chef, uh, sorry, chef's knives to test edge retention? What do you guys do? Mm, retention. That's yeah. That's, that's a bit more difficult than like a slice test, isn't it? Um, I don't do anything for retention. I don't repeatedly do the same thing over and over to see how long the edge will sort of retain its sharpness. Sure. Um, but I do test the uh, like the the, the geometry, um, and the best way I find with that is with carrots. And mm. again, we've talked about this before. I, I find them very very sort of fibrous, and if your your geometry isn't good or it's it's off on one side, you'll see that if you're cutting through a um, trying to slice through you know lengthways through a carrot because it's so fibrous that the knife will go where it wants to go. Yeah. Um, and I find if those aren't straight, that's normally a good sign that something's not right. But I don't do anything with regards to retention. I don't repeatedly do stuff, then then test again, really, no. You got anything, Jeff? Jeff, what about you? I mean, I, I think it's, I use, I have a couple of mine that I just use a lot. And then it gives me an mm -hmm. idea of how long it takes. I had a, one of my uh, stainless steel knives that I used for seven or eight months. And I didn't sharpen it. I just gave it a lick on a... I've been really liking these ceramic honing rods. Uh, they've been yeah. one of those things. I think I think Tim Music from uh, JB Prince mentioned to me originally, and then I know you had talked about it before. They're just for for a quick lick. They are awesome. So I don't... I just... I used what I had, and I didn't sharpen it for, I guess, seven or eight months, and I was having fine performance. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a professional. I'm not, you know, breaking down you know, boxes and boxes of potatoes, but it, I think it's the same thing. And, and, and the other thing is, is I'll stand behind my work. So if I have a customer who is, you know, once in a while, they don't want to, you know, send it in for sharpening, I'm, I'm sending it in. I'll take care of it and sharpen it for you and send it back. You know, and, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, the whole, all these chopping, you know, the cutting tests and all these chopping tests are great. I mean, they show you a lot of stuff, but for some reason, when I see people cutting paper tubes, I'm like, Oh, I guess we're having paper tubes for dinner. You know, I don't. I mean, it's I like saw that comment on Jared's post. You know, it's like uh, it's like you know, yeah. it's like you know, you gotta cook. You gotta you gotta cook yeah. and then see what you work. Some people cook certain different things, so it's you know, I agree. Yeah, yeah. 
in the ABS, uh, they do so you know they, as part of the the journeyman and master smith test, they do the one inch uh, hemp rope test uh, to to see how keen the edge is and if it can cut the rope. Um, and cutting hemp or sisal rope, an actual natural sisal rope, you'll you'll see sisal rope out there um, that's sold as sisal, but it's actually synthetic. It's it's not the same material. So sisal is a very similar, very hard, um, or yeah, a very hard material sim similar to hemp rope. Um, but cutting, you know, getting a piece of uh, half inch should be pretty easy to acquire from like a hardware store or something like that. Yeah, I, I got my one inch stuff off uh, offline. Um, but cutting through that, um, it's so it's such a, a tough, fibrous material that it, it has kind of been a standard for testing edge retention. Um, fuck, since like, the 60s um but you don't really see people doing a lot of videos around it because it's not very glamorous or sexy or like i don't know not very boom and, and entertaining in your face mm. but uh just for your own information it is it it, it will it is a, a great way to get that kind of feedback because um the the cutting action is similar to what you would be doing in a kitchen um but you're cutting on something um, that is very, I guess, uh, just, yeah, really harsh. Um, and I get, I don't know. It's hard because it's not something you, that you, you, and you're not going to be cooking hemp yeah. rope or anything like that, No rope but soup. it is, but it is a comparable standard. Yeah. Hemp rope soup. Uh, it is a, a, a standard by which, uh, other knives are compared, uh, on a spectrum, which other knives are compared in regards to edge retention. So that might be. That might be something, or you can just stand around and cut potatoes all day. But then that, but then what's going to play more into that? How well that works out is the surface that you're cutting on. Are you cutting exactly. on an end grain yeah. cutting board, a bamboo yeah. cutting board, or you know maybe you're accidentally consider or using a marble trivet as a cutting board? You know, um, hmm. so mileage may vary. Yeah, mileage yes. definitely will vary. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen a lot of people over the last, specifically over the last few weeks, they've got a machine to test the um, the sharpness of their blade. Sure, I'd never, I'd never knew this existed. And I, I, the last I couple of weeks, I've seen now. lots of people post posting about it. Yeah. Um, have you guys used one? Have you never have even you, heard of it. this? Is the first you know, I've heard of it. No, I've never oh, right. used one. I've seen it. They're pretty interesting. I can't think what it's called right now, but I've seen a few posts this week where, they, yeah, I assume they're new and everybody's sort of buying into it. Right. But it'll it'll test your sharpness. What does it look um, like? So you've got a, you know, I don't even know. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of, no. It, Come it's, on, it's swishy? So it's, You're not going to swish it up? Tell us what the fuck this thing looks like. Can you tell it's it's like a little it. baking scale, like a little kitchen baking scale. Yes, it, yeah. Basically I don't know tiny, how it works was what I mean. Yeah, there's like a filament with that's it looks like a tiny little like you remember like the looney tunes and stuff where they would do like the flea circus and they had like the tightrope back and something like it looks like a tiny little tightrope mm -hmm. sitting on top of a scale and as you cut through this filament it's pushing down on the scale and it's measuring the amount of pressure that you're putting into the cut huh. um and that uh. is supposed to indicate uh, how sharp your knife is because basically ideally the the less amount of force you have to use the sharper your knife is and it's not a sawing motion it's just pressing straight down it's excellent a super thin filament excellent description uh, craig yeah. you didn't do anything i mean you didn't help me at all that was an excellent to me, description they look like scales that, that's all i saw but yeah, yeah. no uh, i was great description 
<laughs> I first saw. Painted a mm. picture. But that would be nice. I mean, we're all, you know, everybody, you know, not everybody, but we, you know, we test for hardness and we have this this standard that we're trying to reach to and all the rest of it. But yeah, when it comes to sharpness, it's just like, well, you know, can I shave my arm with it? You know, that's what some people ask. And it'd be nice to have a number, you know, well, this is, you know, 80 on the S scale or whatever it may be. That'd be quite cool. Sure. Yeah, it would be, it would definitely be helpful. That's for sure. Yeah. The, mm. There's actually there's something else that are you guys feel familiar with knife steel nerds Laren Thompson or Tom, yes Thomas. yeah go they he, go deep 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 yeah deep. so he has a test on there uh, that that is also kind of a standard scientific it's used in a scientific community called a Katra test and it's it what is testing is um, cutting uh, or edge retention uh, on cutting tools and and um, so what it is, it's it's this card stock and it's got some sort of silica in it and it's very like it's the same kind of stock they use for every single test. Um the idea is that you know you can't sit there and cut forever. So they kind of uh expedite the process with having that silica in that paper or in that paper card stock. And they stack these up and then they just cut through and they keep cutting, cutting, and they have kind of a, a I can't I don't remember the exact number, but they have a, a number that when it become uh, kind of the resistance of the cut uh, cut reaches that number they're like okay it's quote-unquote dull and then they go back in and they they do like micrograph uh photographs of the edge uh, and how it's changed through all the different cuts and stuff like that um i don't know if i don't know if katra testing <laughs> one is very practical for uh, custom knife makers or two is done is a service that's offered by anybody um but that's something to look into go check out knife steel nerds and also actually just a really quick shout out to laren he he did just publish a book around knife uh making metallurgy uh that looks really interesting i'd be interested in getting a hold of it i think it's something like it's like 30 bucks or something but it's a really great it looks like it's a really great reference book i just um, received mine it's called knife oh, nice. engineering Perfect. I sent him a nice message. It's it's a. I mean, you could choke a horse with this book. It's a lot of information. This is a thick book. <laughs> sure. And I sent him. I sent him a nice message, and he and I talked. He's like, well, maybe we could come. Get, you could come. I could come on to knife talk. And I said, well, we'll work it out. He would yeah. be great. He's been wanting to come I on for a while. He's a yeah. smart guy. It's a awesome book. A ton of people bought it, and for sure, unfortunately, he can't sell it direct. It would be nice if he could sell it direct, but he can't. Right. So you know where to go to get. Yeah. Knife Engineering by Dr. Laren. Last name is Thomas. Thomas by Dr. He, Laren he's, Thomas. He, he's the the son of legendary Devin Thomas, uh, who's a master smith, ABS master smith, chef's knife maker, who's been uh, the lead with Bob Kramer and Murray Carter for the last whatever fifteen twenty years. Um, and he's also, you know, uh, Damascus manufacturer as well. There you go, Devin Thomas Damascus. So you get yourself knife get engineering. Come on, all over the place. Well, and yeah. uh, get him on open invite, and we yeah. can take any sort of heat treating or Damascus questions, and and give Morocco a break for the week because generally he answers <laughs> all these questions for us. <laughs> well, and and he would probably have have more accurate scientific information because <laughs> I'm I'm partially just armchairing too from my own experience and stuff I've heard. Um, but from what I've heard about the book, it's very, uh, the information is very accessible um, 
from uh, all the, a lot of the reviews I've been seeing, especially Laren like posting up and stuff like that. So uh, I'm very interested in checking out that book. We'll have to have him on. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Next one from Kane Knight. Guys, I'm about to make the leap into purchasing an even heat so I can start working with stainless steel. He says, as a hobbyist maker new to using a kiln and working with stainless stock removal, what do you suggest as a starter steel? Can you suggest a few steels that can be forgiven in terms of grinding and heat treat for a beginner? Love the podcast. Keep doing two-hour shows. Jeez, anything Thank else, you. sir? God. I, I know. <laughs> I mean, what, any, can you suggest yeah. a few steels for yeah. us? Can you do two hours a I week? I want you to cook this. I want you to cook that. <laughs> any, what, Jesus Christ. I'm going to send you a fucking Patreon bill, Kane Knight. Jesus. You get the extra. <laughs> We did actually answer this question in a roundabout way last week. Um, somebody else asked um, stainless for beginners. What what stainless would you suggest? Um, so, we, yeah, we did actually do it last week. Well, but, I, I mean, we can do it again. Yeah, I mean, we just I, – I think that the problem is with a lot of knife makers or, or who are starting out, they get nervous about – you know, all steels have recipes. And you learn a recipe and then you get good at it and see what works and see what doesn't work. I don't think anybody really wants to – fuck around with like i had a problem with this i had a problem with that so i think that all steels are not super difficult to heat treat but you get have to get comfortable with them mm -hmm. you know mm. um i think that once you i know a lot of people have problems heat treating 52 100 and i got a recipe from i think it was jonathan porter and i've had only good experiences with it you know and i think that i've had really bad experiences with aebl so I'm sure that if I got a different recipe and my if my coupler was working correctly and everything was correct and I did everything the way they told me to do it, I think that they're all relatively easy to heat treat. And you just have to, you know, break it down in terms of the recipe. Yeah. And, yeah, and consistency. Keep doing the same thing. So if something does go wrong, you can narrow down. If you change something, you can narrow down to what that was. Yeah. I'd pick up Laren's book, Dr. Laren. Dr. Laren. Yeah. And get his book, Knife Engineering, and see what he has to say. Yeah. There you go, Laren. We got you some plugs in today. We got we got to sell some books today. <laughs> better sell, You better send Mareko a free one. That's all I have to say. After this, after <laughs> no, all this, no. after all these plugs are selling books, you got to sell them. Send him one. Send him a sign one. There you go. You heard me first. Swish. So just just quickly, which which steel was just, would be more forgiving? Do you think for a beginner? Very quickly. Ready. Jeff, what you got? I mean, all of them. I mean, you just have to figure out what's right. I mean, it's 440C. I like 440C. And that's it. I mean, you have to drag it out know, of you. Okay. <laughs> Mareko, on you. Uh, I would go with uh, ABL, or I've actually done 14C28N also before, and I ground that from about 200,000. It was great. Look at you hitting the post. And following Mareko's uh, with Sandvik steels, I'd go the same, but maybe 12C27, which is sort of a bit of a standard here in Europe for stainless steels. That was a real hit the post. You hit that post perfect. That's <laughs> right. what I'm here for, baby. Yeah, swish. <laughs> That's now, see, swish That's to me swish. would be like more of a basketball thing, like nothing but net. The ball goes in and doesn't hit the rim. That's swish. So... I guess we know what the name of this podcast, yeah. the title of this podcast is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing myself in like a big, 
um, a big sort of swishy dress. Yeah, <laughs> just doing the, just doing the, the bathrobe, hip, the hip swish. You know, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's the other reason Fancy. why swish is probably not going to be what Even Heat's going to take on as their motto. Get swishy with Even Heat. I don't think so. It's not going to move. Him. Flip your hair. Yeah. The next question comes from Jack Cole. Hey man, can I ask you a question? I know you guys make knives which get used day in and day out, but I was wondering what's the best product to use to finish knife handles for show knives. How do you make that handle have a super, super shine? There you go. Hmm. No use. Don't I've use never it. done show knives, so I think, Morocco, I think this is, this is all on you, I think. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of different things that people use. Uh, I personally um, have just done, uh, what is it? It's tongue oil. I've done successive rounds of tongue oil on handles. Uh, and then finish that like once that's had a like a, a nice day to cure up or cure up overnight uh, finishing that off with some uh, flag wax actually it's the the shine off of flag off flag wax uh, is surprising it's it's shocking. it's really yeah it's shocking it's a really nice luster and um, and so that's one that's the main, been my main approach for the last couple of years. Uh, I, I know of people doing like super glue finishes or uh, shoot, what's that? What's that? There's some gunstock oil that people use. Uh, True oil um, as and they and sandpaper and do a few rounds of sanding it in and then coat and then finishing out with very uh, just like just stroked out oil finish on the handle. And um, yeah, I think I see Jamie Bishop do that a lot. On his Instagram, where he's oiling sausage up the man. handle, yeah, the sausage man, stroking out them handles, boy. <laughs> ew, ew, you got, <laughs> you got so gross. You got went gross real quick. I didn't think it was gonna go as gross as it did. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> I have a question for you because I just got some tongue oil. How would okay. you? How how often when you do? Let's. How long? How much tongue oil do you use between coats, and how long do you usually let it uh, go before you another coat? Yeah, so when I was uh, was in Connecticut and doing it in Connecticut, uh, I was fortunate that we had kind of like a clean room uh, that was warm. It was probably hovering around 70 degrees. Right now, it's probably not that big of a deal to just do it in the shop. Um, but, I, I, you know, you're not using a lot, it, it, like maybe a drop or two uh, on a piece of paper towel and spread that around on the handle. And I just followed the instructions, really, that were on the oh. on the. Uh, bottle that are it says to like let it soak in for about five minutes or so and then wipe off the excess and then let it i think it says to let it cure for an hour but in that warm room um the it, it was setting it up like probably in 20 to 30 minutes and so i was going back and very gently hitting it with uh like a four aught stainless wool or stainless wool steel wool i always want to say stainless wool anyway steel wool uh Hit it with the four aught steel wool, uh, and then uh, also follow that with paper towel to just get off any uh, like a steel wool dust or whatever. And then hit it again with the with the tongue oil or sorry uh, the true oil, whatever it is, tongue oil. Um, do that a few rounds, and I was probably doing that. You know, I would I put the coat on and then walk away and go do something else, right? Um, once it was letting it set to do its thing, and. Um, and then I'd come back. So I was doing one an hour for like, whatever, a half a day or something, four or five rounds. Um, and then 
by the end of that, it was looking really nice. And then let it sit and cure overnight. And then the following day, I would hit it with the uh, with the wax, and the flag wax, and it was like glass. I'm about to do that uh, with a with a cleaver. I'm about to do mm. this. And so I just got some tongue oil. I've always I've used Danish oil before, and obviously sure. BLO, but I wanted to try out the tongue oil. So um, that was very helpful. I got to get some quadruple lots. If it doesn't work, you know who to blame. I'm not blame. I don't blame. I I take full responsibility for every single one of my actions. There you go. Oh, easy. No puking on the show. Yeah. Okay. Neil W asks, "Hey guys, got a question? When making Kydex sheaths." If you've gotten them all done and finished, then realize you don't like the fit because it's looser than you thought on the blade and it has movement. Can that be fixed? Mm, relevant to what I'm doing. Yes, at the it that, can be you? fixed. You gotta be careful. So I've had that problem too. I that's one of the things I love about Kydex is because you can you know, I have, I'll usually have a, one. I, I don't do, I do the, the fold over. I do one piece. I don't fold, I don't do two pieces together and rivet them all together because I feel like it's lower profile when you just fold it over. Sometimes you don't get the edge, the, the retention of the kydex because usually there's something not catching. Usually what happens is if you have a knuckle guard or you have the heel of the knife, that's what kind of, you know, your, the kydex forms around that and then you're kind of like, popping it through and that's where how you get that kind of clicking sound sometimes you don't get it maybe maybe your your press isn't big enough for your kydex maybe your kydex is kind of hanging out the end and it's not getting uh not enough retention um so i have uh and usually when you put the the uh, eyelets in afterwards you'll get more retention afterwards than you would if, if without it so sometimes you, if you want to get more retention, you can do a couple things. You can put it back in a toaster oven. I don't know if you can do it on a hot plate because the I like the ovens because you're getting, um, you know, under 300, just barely under 300 degrees. You're getting that kind of all all parts of the kydex are, are, are softening up. Um, if you, you can redo it, but what you have to be careful of is as if you have a, a completed kydex sheath that's got rivets and everything in it you put it back in the oven and then you stick the knife back in and you put it back into uh, your press sometimes the 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 uh, where the eyelet holes are will stretch a little bit and you can kind of fuck up a little bit of where those it well, might not be the same exactly you know how the the the, the eyelets are so you can, it, but I mean, if you want a really, really nice one, like what Andreas Kalani does or Jeremy from Simple Little Life does, they, they do beautiful Kydex sheets, like super, super high definition, and they're just like super tight, and when they click in, they're monsters. You really can't, if you want to go high, high level, you can't really do that. But you can repair uh, a little bit of retention with um, a heat gun and like a, I used to use clamps, um, I hit it with the heat gun and then I hit it with a like put a little clamp, but the clamps always leave a mark. So I started using like actually I'll pick, I'll take um if I want a little bit extra retention I'll use the heat gun and then I'll put on a welding glove, and then I'll use my finger and my thumb and kind of hold it tight. And then as I'm holding it tight, um I'll use the uh, air compressor because the air com- compressor will kind of cool down the the um mm. the thermal plastic quick. Mm. And that's, that's really what's idea. happening is you got to, you know, you can let it sit in your press for 10 minutes, but you can also quicken the situation up with a little bit of cold air. 
So that's what I do. Because I usually, I used to burn my fingers. Now I use welding gloves and then a compressor. And then I can kind of light touch-ups without doing too much uh, damage. And you got to, obviously, with the heat gun, you got to be careful. Because if you're too close, it'll melt the Kydex. And you can actually see the difference in the material from where you hit it with the heat gun and where everything else is. It's kind of like very... It's got a very, very small window of between glory and disaster. <laughs> I've got a Kydex question for Go you ahead. as well. Cause it's something I've been playing with this week. Do you um, sort of flare out the entrance to the sheath, like pull like a little flap back so you get you, it's easier to put the knife in and out? I will tell you a very funny story. And yeah, I know you guys say this a lot, but it's true. It's I pressure on you I, now. Years ago, I got some red Kydex, and I made a knife... And then I flared out the ends, and I sent a picture to my buddy Nico Tavernisi, and it looked like lady parts. We know. Lady parts. We know. And then that's where the motto, my fader knives, the, my motto is, you're never alone with a fader knife. That's where that came from. <laughs> that's where it came from. It came from. It came from that. I made a joke to. I made a joke to Nico. I said. I showed him a picture. I said, "You're never alone with the fader knife." I told it to Tony, and he says, "That's our slug line." And I'm like, "That's always been our slug line." So it was. Be- Do you sell a lot to cowboys up on up on the ranch? <laughs> I mean, you got to It's going to be a rough situation if you try to, you know, if you try. Even if you're manscaped, it's going to be a rough situation if you try to make it happen with a Kydex sheath. Yeah, shit is fucking dirty i mean it's bad it's tight it ain't gonna, i mean i'm speculating you're not gonna have a good time you put a drain, you put a drain hole in though surely, <laughs> you're not so, gonna have yeah. a good time you're gonna have a time it might not be a good time but um i try to keep them i try to keep kydex as simple as possible because i don't i don't i think i do a pretty good job but i really try to make it very i try to roll them into the price i don't do a lot of extraneous stuff and i've been actually changing the way i um I make this make them a little bit to make the because uh, I, I buff them, I buff the edges and to to make the edges kind of a nice glossy finish because it really is nice. But yeah. at the same time, I don't go totally bananas. I don't flare them out anymore because, you know, it's extra work and it's just like it seems like it seems slightly unnecessary. I'd rather kind of grind it back and give it the minimum amount of Kydex possible. And the other thing mm-hmm. is is when you're doing a like a belt knife with Kydex, the problem is is you can't mount the the straps if you want it to go up and down on your belt it's hard to make them so they you know normally when you have a knife uh with a sheath you know it's 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 hanging the the handle is below your belt you know and it's hanging down but with the kydex you can't really there's nowhere to put um the clips above where the handle is so you're always the clip is usually like in the right under the bolster so they're great for side mounts but like a lot of times, it's it'll it'll ride high on high on your belt if it's up and down. So I try to just mm. keep that as yeah. low profile as possible. Mm. Gotcha. There you go. All right. Okay. Never alone with a fader knife. True story. Never alone. This next one is from Clement Linder. He says, "I have a question for the Smasher. Uh, <laughs> what changed in your heat treat since you ha- got a hardness tester?" Anything? Nothing has changed, to be honest with you. You um, perfect. I did a lot of heat treating the week before last. Um, I did 50 blades, and they all come out pretty much where I wanted them. So generally for a stainless knife, I'm looking for around about 61 
ish you know between 60 62 i'm happy with mm-hmm. um i know some people go, go a lot harder but you know these are general purpose knives these aren't like sushi knives um and for a carbon steel i generally go sort of 58 59 and they were all coming out in that range now i haven't had the time to you know i'm quite happy with the recipes that i'm using i haven't really had the time to experiment to see what differences I can make, and then going back to the hardness tester and and, and, and testing that way. Um, but yeah, it's something that I really I really want to do. I really want to get sort of deep into that a bit more to find out what 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 changes little things will make. Interesting. Um, but I haven't had the time, so I've just been doing the sort of tried and tested stuff that I've I've been doing right. for years, and and they've been coming out in in the sort of ranges that I'm looking for. So for me, I've been using the tester just to sort of confirm that things are on track. I haven't really had time to experiment at the moment. Right. Regarding regarding hardness, I mean, what what are you guys looking for with with ranges? I mean, what are you shooting for with with a, with a chef knife, for example? I'm happy with around sixty sixty two myself, but that's with my carbon. I'm actually I was a little surprised to hear you um, looking for your carbon to be a little bit less than sixty, and the stainless mm. a little higher. Uh, I feel like I usually hear it the opposite um, for some reason. But anyways, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm shooting basically for the same range as you're doing your stainless end. Mm. My my thought that with the carbon knives is they're easier to sharpen. And generally the people who are ordering the carbon knives know how to look after the knives a bit more. And they want to be able to um, have a sort of, you know, less brittle and be able to sharpen themselves. Um, hence them being slightly, slightly softer than the stainless. Sure. But um, yeah, it depends who your customer is and what they're after as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Total agreement. I've never once had a customer ask me what the Rockwell test on the on the steel is. No. I say get home <laughs> home cooks. They just want to make sure it's you know easy to do. And I, I the same thing. You know, fifty nine, sixty, sixty one. That's where I stay. I I, I yeah, the weird thing is, is I once was doing the I got the um, from your old partner uh, Matt Matt Parkinson has these great. Uh, chisels hardness chisels and i got them from him and i was i was scratching it basically they're per- they're professionally made they're really great and they will tell you where you are in terms of in terms of the hardness except for certain um types of steel like aebl there's like weird weird carbide thing and uh, i was scratching the shit out of everything in my house i was hitting there i was oh you don't say <laughs> the the toilet bowl is 39 rockwell you know i'm just obviously i'm just kidding but i hit some uh, i had an old my old culinary knife my old culinary knife was like way under 57 it was like it was oh, like sure. it was I, I i was surprised i was surprised that there are a lot of um what you would see, traditional um restaurant uh, style or culinary style knives that you would buy rel- relatively easy they're very low on the hardness mm. test yeah, yeah. they're, oh, they're yeah. usually hovering around 53 54 yeah yeah what's the benefit of that is easy to uh, maintain I think, um i think it's actually a limitation of the steel um it's kind of it's just what some of them can just achieve more than anything either by a lack of carbon content or uh, like we talked about the other day about trying to keep um, the chrome free to be uh, the stainless agent that you want it to be in the stainless material. Um, so that limits the, the um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I, this, would, this is one of those times where I wish Laren was on the show <laughs> to answer the question. <laughs> um, 
But I, I think I more think than anything, maybe... is, it is just the limitation of the steel and what it's capable of. But it's like tried. Right. Those are tried and true. I mean, you know, we all are car, you know, custom knife makers, mm. and we poo-poo these, you know, these factory-made knives. I mean, it is tried and true, you know, in, industry standard that if you have a Zwilling yeah. knife or a, you know, whatever. You know, well, and I, I would also imagine that it's them trying to kind of cover, kind of like cover your ass kind of situation where, you know, if they make it too high of a hardness and people start complaining about the blades chipping and most yeah. of the time it's from ah, user error. Very then, good. Good answer. Yeah. But and I, I think, think a lot of it is process because, yeah, process. So they'll use like a big belt to do the heat treating. Like you can imagine like a big conveyor belt. So they'll go through the heat and they'll drop off the belt into the oil or wherever they're using to quench. Yeah. And I suppose there's a limitation there because they're, they're almost out in the they're inside a big oven. It's a right. big, big oven. And, you know, getting a an even heat in, in something that big, it probably isn't the easiest. And the fact that they're then just no. dropping off into, into the quenchant is, yeah, they, they probably can't be as accurate as we could in a, in a in a home oven doing small, small batches. Possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Oh. Next question is from Bainster Blades. Hey, Cuties, I have a question. Is there anything I can do to speed up hand sanding on a 26C3 chef knife that is tempered to around 64, 65 HRC? Even the mighty Rhinoet is taking uh, forever to refine the scratches. Um, I, th- I think he's just said exactly what we use. I mean, we use Rhinoet for all our hand sanding. Um, I don't think there's anything better. I couldn't say, you know, use X instead because I find that Rhinoet is, it, it's fast, it works fast, it saves me money yeah. um, and it does the job. Um, and if anybody's listening and they would like to get Rhinoet, you can do from Texas Farrier Supply, uh, texasfarriersupply.com. They stock Rhinoet as, as much as well as other knife making equipment so go take a look and you can use the uh, promo code knife talk 10 to get 10 percent off so whether that's rhino wet or anything else that they stock for a knife maker um it's all there texasfarrowsupply.com um but what about you guys um you know he's struggling even with rhino wet on a on a 64 65 uh, on the rockwell c scale pardon me for sanding. one second i want to i get messages from our listeners and they all say where do you get rhino wet and what's the promo code <laughs> fucking listen really? to the podcast we really? say it every yeah. single time so i said to this one guy he knows who he is i said don't you listen to the podcast and he goes of course i said well then you know where it is hmm. so then i sent him a link and he goes because i couldn't you know I, he was spelling it wrong the whole thing is like listen we do these commercials to pay some bills but also they're not the worst commercials in the world so you can pay attention a little bit and not send us in go into our dms and say where do you get the rhino wet? And what's the promo code? Start with please. And then listen to the fucking podcast. <laughs> if you guys yeah. want to go into the DMs and look at what I'm talking no, about, I, I saved saw it, it for you. It was and it was blowing like, up my fucking phone last night. Oh, you have why? Because <laughs> oh, you have you have uh, you have notifications? Oh I, I thought I had them turned off, but the the kid was sending every sentence. He was sending as a message instead <laughs> of writing a full thought He's and sending don't, the whole fucking thing. Don't, just don't kill him. Hi. Set, return. How, yeah. I don't know how to spell this fucking hi, how are you? promo code. Return. What is it? Return. I'm sorry. I should have known that. Return. Yes, I listened to the podcast. It's like every five seconds. I was like, and I was trying to do shit on my own phone. And 
hilarious. So, so, so this poor kid got you all flustered. Yeah, I blocked yeah. him. <laughs> you blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> That's Classic what you get. Move. That's the, that is the Mareko Momasi move. I was like, I don't need this kid in my life. Sorry, bud. <laughs> Did you block him from knife talk? No. No, I didn't. I didn't actually block him, but I was fucking tempted. I swear to God. And it's, this it's is shit quick, like that that'll get your ass torched. Quick I'm sorry. temper. Uh, the, the quick temper and the quick. T- the, if you want to talk about tempering, that is tempering. Yeah, a quick. Been a quick temper right there. Oh man, that's funny. So how do you get to? I think that for me, and this is something I had to learn when I had employees uh, and interns, was you need to you need to get the steel ready for. Uh, hand sanding and i think that if you you know mm. when we talk about hand sanding what you're doing is you're it's the peaks and the valleys and you're trying to take off as much of the peaks because the valleys are where the satin finish looks you you want the satin finish so you don't have to see those um, scratches going from the spine to the edge so you have to prepare the material you have to prepare the steel for hand sanding and you have to think about it like that otherwise you're just going to be manually taking the peaks off and you shouldn't be doing that so you don't, a lot of people don't have disc grinders, and I think that they do a great job because you're slowly, slowly taking down the grits to the point where uh, you're taking off the, um, the peaks so you can get to, so it's easier to get to the valleys by hand sanding. Some people use the disc sander. That's what I use. I use a disc sander. I love it, and I, and I get it down to the point where I can get a hand sanded blade done under an hour. Under an hour, you know, no problem. Nice. I, we got a lot of messages uh, in regards to some people have started to use, and I think it's because Jay Nielsen was on. You had re- interviewed Jay Nielsen a while ago, and he said that some people use a palm sander. A palm sander will take off those peaks as well. So um, give that a whirl. But, I mean, you have to mm-hmm. – I think it's the mental It's the mental attitude of, all right, I finished grinding. I've got to hand sand. You have to prepare the blades for hand sanding to make it easier on yourself. I think that's 100% yeah. right. I mean, you get every it's knife making is hard enough as it is, you know, every step you, you're taking should prepare, help prepare for the next step to just be just a little bit easier. Right. And I know I, I know some people who jump off the grinder as early as like 120. And I I know that it sometimes can be hard taking the the, the machine finish up to higher grits, like, you know, even four or six hundred. Um, but the higher you can take it, the easier uh, I found in my experience also that the hand sanding will be. And, and yeah. also, uh, something I've said a couple times on the podcast, but I've, when I get to my hand sanding, you know, I, I can see somebody getting like really not liking hand sanding. And so they're just like, they're bearing down with as much pressure as they possibly can because they're hoping that, you know, more pressure is going to help it go faster. But I've found that actually starting with a light touch and not crushing through that abrasive immediately, starting with a light touch and just gently dragging it back and forth. And then as it doesn't seem to be cutting as well, then applying more and more pressure until I'm finishing with a lot of pressure and there's basically nothing left on that. If you've just tuned in, Mareko's talking about hand sanding, by the way. Swish. Oh, did I cut out? <laughs> oh, yeah. Does it sound sexual? I mean, I didn't think it was. It was obviously Sorry, I was waiting for you to get to the, right, right, right. the lubricant bit. So you know when you add oil, I was waiting. Easy, does, easy does it. Cra- no, I didn't think it, but now I'm dry Craig's all got day. me there. Swish. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 
So, so basically, what we're saying is preparation before you get to the hand sanding. Um, <laughs> easy way to prepare is by using uh, good belts. Uh, we all use belts from Combat Abrasives. Absolutely. Combat Abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! Um, and we always talk about using combat abrasive belts, but they do they do lots of abrasives, like sheets as well. So if you've got a disc sander and you need sheets to put on there, they'll, they'll actually sell um, the discs as well. So go take a look, combatabrasives.com, um, and use KNIFETALK15 for 15% off. Can I just add so one we, quick? I'm sorry. I'm gonna add one little quick thing sure, to, sure. It, to the disc sander to, to the um, palm sander situation. There are two sure. different types of palm sanders. There's one where you have two clips, you know, one at the front, one at the back, and you cut your paper into four pieces and then you kind of clip them in. And that usually has a very like uh, kind of squishy, a squishy uh, backing. There's also like something called a yeah. DSA. Uh, a DSA. It's an orbital sander. A lot of times you'll get a DSA. Is that right? I don't know. It's an orbital sander where the the sander the pad actually spins too. Usually the ones I've used when I was in a metal shop were uh, off of your compressor, and they have a very hard backing. And that hard backing might be better because I always get worried about with disc with the, um, you know, palm sanders is you're using the front end, and you might not hmm. go flat. So if you have like a dip. You're gonna like accentuate that dip, and then you're just trying yeah. to take away the the um, you're trying to take away the scratch lines. But if you have a dip in there, that palm sander, if you're using that nose of the of the sandpaper, you might just kind of like take the scratches out, but leave this big old dip. So if you were to, if you were to use a, a a palm sander, unless you got it like crispy, crispy, nice, nice off the the, the belt, have a palm sander with some like backing behind it that's like firm, so it'll rise over the tops and you'll be able to see if you have any dips in your in your face dips in your face makes sense <laughs> do you think we talked about knives too Fuck much yeah possibly possibly Fuck yeah okay. it's like food for your ears <laughs> and now we got a bit we got now a bit. Got so, a bit. as the champion, the the current reigning champion of our KTP Cook Along Challenges, Mister Moreko Mamasi, would you like to tell people what we've been up to this week? Don't say who yeah. won. Let's let's I talk was, about it first. Okay, you I can say whatever you want. Go ahead. I apologize. <laughs> I should, shouldn't tell you what to do. Go ahead. Do your thing. No, uh, no, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I won the pizza challenge. That was uh, what was that a week ago now, and that we had a voting and so i put up the challenge to do locomoco at the very basic uh version of a locomoco is uh beef patty on rice fried egg on top uh it all, all smothered up in gravy and uh it's a very kind of traditional hawaiian uh meal i call it a booze mop i it's a super it's super good for like the day after uh going out drinking maybe a little too hard or something like that with some friends um but it is also if you if you if you do it right it's also it makes a great meal in the middle of the week uh for dinner or whatever but so we put that out there that was just the base standard you know but i i didn't want to pin anybody down with uh, to like two specific details of what they need to do. That was just the basic structure from which they could work. And, uh, we all made some 
very different styles of locomoco. Very different. A very fun yes. challenge. Yes. So we put a pictures and we simply labeled them A, B, and C. We didn't say who'd made them. Um, so we, people were voting. So we have a winner, which we, we'll talk about in just a second. But people started guessing whose was whose. Mm. Uh, nobody, I don't think anybody got it I right. Think one did. And one person, I saw one. One I person one. got it right. Oh, right. Okay. It was hilarious. So people got it with reasonings for why they think um, whose was whose. It was- so we had three very, very different. One was A, which was um, very pretty looking. Very um, pretty. B, very pretty. B was very sort of substantial, and there were sides, and it was, and it was a full, full meal. <laughs> um, and and C was just a very sort of home-cooked, sort of homely, warming kind of meal. So the three were very, very different. Shall we tell them who A, B, and C were? Sure. Shall we, shall we give it Go away? Go ahead. If you were A, please step forward now. You all <laughs> fucked up. It's me. You, you listeners are so. Some of you are so stupid. It's just shocking to me. It's. I mean, it's like you. Why is it uh, shocking? I mean, uh, I mean, I was. I give them a higher opinion of my of themselves than they expect. <laughs> but I mean, it was like the DMs I was getting. Oh yeah, well you know yours. You know, the, somebody called me the honey badger. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it's like, and yeah, <laughs> it was it was hilarious to see. Oh, uh, I've lived in Hawaii all my life, and I'll blah blah blah. Get the fuck out of here. We had a good time. You guys made it a little bit. You guys are some of your listeners. You think you know us. And I so Jeff's it. was A, which was um, very pretty looking. Talk us through right. your dish, Jeff. No, no, let's just stop. You guys have said pretty a lot, and a lot of people have said pretty. You, it has to be appetizing. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to make I'm not going to make a thousand of them and put them in the mail for people to try. So you have to make <laughs> it look appetizing. And, and I and I and I went for whatever we had in the house. So whatever we had in the house, I just gotten Mike Nye sent me some uh, uh, Carolina Gold. Um, uh, uh, Carolina Gold Rice for my uh, prepare me for my interview with Quentin Middleton. I had that, and I had some veggie burgers. So I made a I made a moco loco loco moco with uh, veggie burgers. I, I sautéed it up. The beautiful Gardein veggie burgers are delicious, and I sautéed them up, and then I sauced it up, and then I made a uh, perfectly sunny side fried egg and threw it on top. Tossed on some. Um, parsley and then my wife was just like hey you got we got a couple nasturtiums that are about to die i want you to throw them on there i'm like okay there you go boom very floral but uh, you guys with the Mm. pretty it's like it's got to be appetizing i mean that's kind of no i'm sure it was sure it was it was delicious (laughs) we'll discuss the winner in a second (laughs) miracles was b so that was the one on the on the blue plate with all the sides as well. Yeah. Talk us through your dish, Marek. Uh, so yeah. So I kind of tried to go uh, more traditional, which is a little extras on the side. But I did a you know bed of white rice, and then in my experience eating loco moco, um, it, it's easy to not have enough gravy. So I put a little bit of gravy on top of the rice, and then I put the patty, the beef patty, on top, and then I put a little bit of gravy again. And then I put the egg on top, and then and then I then I kind of do a little bit more of the gravy over the top of everything, uh, and I added uh, sides of pan roasted 
carrots because uh, I have my son that I was also trying to feed at the same time. And sometimes he's not as adventurous with the Locomoco. And so, but he loves those carrots. So, and, uh, and then we had uh, some leftover, like these little mini chicken gyoza. And so I cooked some of those up with the carrots and, and then added those on the side. And so just a little extra accoutrements, but I don't know. Just tried to keep it kind of so. Oh, and then I crushed up some nori over the top of over the top of my poached eggs. Um, yeah, it was pretty tasty. I liked it. I was happy with it. Nice, yeah. nice. So I'd never actually heard of Locomoco before. Um, so when we finished the show last week, I had to do some some googling just to see some pictures and see what what kind of thing it was. And it just doesn't. I don't know. It's it's not the kind of food that I'd eat. Um, it's not the kind of food that I'm used to. Um, sure. Being being British, a gravy for me is is very sort of savoury, and you know, having an egg with gravy, it just it just didn't sort of compute for me. So so I struggled with this. So I sort of went a little bit left field. So I went sort of French, I suppose. So I confied a bunch of onions and got them really sort of sick, sticky, sticky sweet um, before. Um, making the gravy in that same pan, so with the onions in, so it was a very nice. sort of onion gravy. A little bit of red wine in there as well. Um, most of the flavours in the gravy there. Um, the burger was just a just a grass-fed sort of beef patty. Um, I use a basmati rice, which is an Indian rice, which sticks together and clumps really well. So if you're having a gravy, I thought it would work well. And a poached egg on top. So the three of us did very, very different, very different meals. Um, as people kept kept telling us, most <laughs> two out of three weren't real locomogos. Everybody kept telling <laughs> that us that was annoying. That was, a, you know, this is yeah. supposed to be fun. P.S. <laughs> yeah. And I still, mm. I still think that that's the most important thing is we're not being nasty to each other, and we know a little bit yeah. of fun, and we're having some fun. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I learned something new. Um, mainly, never to try making a local moco again. <laughs> but you know, my oh. favorite, my favorite <laughs> response was somebody said. <clears throat> You're not supposed to have onions in mo- loco moco, and then the next question, the next one down was like, "I love onions in my loco moco." It was just like, yeah. it was totally like, "Oh, you know, Maui onions are the only thing important about loco." It was like everyone has this crazy, everyone has crazy opinions. Well, yeah, I think what's great oh, about yeah. the dish is it's super adaptable. It's super. Fair, I mean, it's simple. It's it's protein on starch with sauce and like an egg. Yeah, or the yeah. So shall we reveal the um the scores? Please. Yeah. And we'll go by we'll go by the amount of votes as opposed to it's weird. The way on on Instagram you can do polls. You can only do two answers as a poll. So we had to do three separate so literally the winner yes or no for each of them. Mm. So we can see how many yeses we had per um per dish. So I'll start with dish A. Two hundred and eighty yeses. Remember, dish eight. We've already said is Jeff's. Really pretty plate. Very pretty. Fucking <laughs> the prettiest. Um, which was Jeff's. Two hundred and eighty yeses. Um, B, which was Morocco's, had <laughs> one hundred and nine yeses. Oh. So that leaves us with C, which was mine. In 
last place with 93. Mm. So, Jeffrey is our new champion. Jeff Jeff came first, then Morocco, then myself. Well done, wow. Jeff. It was, it was a really good-looking plate, actually. It looked I very, just wanted very to keep it as simple as possible, and I wanted it... I, I, in my mind, I thought people. a lot of people don't know what it's supposed to look like, and I made it back in, like, 2002 or something like that after reading a New York Times thing about it, and I just wanted it to look like... if. I thought if we're not going to put descriptions, I want it to kind of be able to see all the different ingredients. So I kind of went with like yeah. the, the proportions of everything to kind of be similar. And I really, I appreciate it, guys. It was fun. But it, the fun part was, is like how sure every, oh, this is going to be easy. I know who did everything. It's like, that's the reason why these have to be blind. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have yeah, an opinion. Yeah. But nobody jumped in with their own version. Everybody's telling us what they think, but there nobody sent pictures people. of their own. When, when people did the, really? All right, I didn't see any. People did the KTP knife cook-along. I, yeah. I reposted there. I think uh, there's a few guys made some loco moco. Oh, okay. I'll go yeah, back it was, and it was a, I tell you what, you did a great cho- That was a great choice because it was. it is easy to do and it's very, like, you know, approachable. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> All good. So, Jeff... The pressure is on you to come up with a dish for this week. I just week. want to make it what simple you for you guys because it's like obviously, I mean, we all have lives to lead here. It's not we're gonna. Not gonna somebody said to me, somebody said on the Instagram, like, you should make them all do beef Wellington. What the oh fuck? Are you oh, out of your Jesus fucking Christ. mind? I don't want people to. I mean, are you people crazy? And another guy, another certain person says you should do a wild game. So now we got to go hunting to make to make dinner. I want to make it easy. Make on, the knife, kill the animal. Yeah, well, yeah. we got to, I mean, it's like, I mean, we give enough content here. I don't need to kill, no one needs to kill anybody, you know? So it's like, let's just keep it easy. So I just figured we would just do sandwiches and you leave it to leave it there. So make a sandwich, it could Ooh. be anything. And I, I, this is wide, wide open. open. Uh, What's the sandwich yeah. that people, well, and it has to be. a genre or style you of could, sandwich? What, it's, it's a sandwich. Whatever kind wow. of sandwich. I want to keep it. Listen, I respect the two of you to know that I'm not going to say we're going to make croca bush or something like that. I want you guys to like not have to really work hard. Just make make an appetizing looking sandwich. Keep it easy, right? Okay. But that's a really good because it's open to so much interpretation. <laughs> you know what? You almost got crackers that's... and cheese. So it was like <laughs> I thought about doing wings and this and that and the other thing, and I was just like. You guys have a life to lead. Let's just make an appetizing dish. Make a nice sandwich. Nice. What will I say is not I like a sandwich. A hot lot. dog is not a sandwich. A taco is not a sandwich. But I'm not going to give you fritz about it. If you want to make a, a wrap and a taco. Is a hamburger a sandwich? Yeah. If you want to make a hamburger, I don't think it's a sandwich. I don't. I, my daughter was asking me if a hamburger was a sandwich. And I don't think it is hmm. because you don't usually ask how you want your sandwich cooked you know medium rare possibly or, i don't know if i, I don't know yeah, if you wanted to i thought i thought i would also leave it if we wanted to do a hamburger down the line then we could kind of keep yeah. it that way but i don't know i mean i'm not gonna no. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do a hamburger i'm not I gonna give anybody I'd any trouble i'm not gonna give anybody trouble so make a nice can you sandwich. imagine if we did a hamburger everybody would have an opinion the whole oh. world would have an opinion if we did a hamburger oh it's gonna be it, I, I, this now all of a sudden i'm sending i'm like reading it you post it up i'm like I'm looking at these comments. These fucking people think they know everything. I mean, it is amazing. It was hilarious. <laughs> one person got it right. I don't remember who it was, but one person. Well, I mean, you know what? You talk, I'll tell you who got it right. <sighs> that was fun. So what do you think, Morocco? Sandwich. Have you got an idea what you're going to make? I'm not telling you. No. Oh, now <laughs> we're no. I'm, not, I'm not looking. I'm not Fuck looking. No, I'm not serious. looking. I'm not My most favorite sandwiches uh, would probably be like a Reuben. It's really good 
one of my faves. That's a good one. Uh, a Bon Me, like a oh, pork yeah. Bon Me. Bon Me's mm. good. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, Philly. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't had a good cheesesteak in a long time. Cheesesteak sandwich. Cheesesteak's oh. a good one. This is going to be a good That's one. A good this one. is going to be so good this week. And again, we want people to sort of join in and send, you know, their versions of, of what a sandwich this the week. Only, sure. So, yeah, I'm sure we see massive variations. The only person who got it right was Gerald Edwards. Gerald Edwards said B for Mareko, A for Jeff, and C for Craig. He's the only one. Everybody yeah. else was. I want to read a funny one. I a funny one. Some of these are so hilarious. Which one is I will this? say, <laughs> when I was doing my Locomoco, I was keeping in mind, I got from high authority from our friend Neil Kamimura that traditional mm. Locomoco is made with McCormick seasoning packs. <laughs> and we actually ah, have okay. the okay. McCormick's brown gravy. Uh, we, we don't have the seasoning packs. We actually have like one of the big seasoning containers because uh, mm. we do this. Uh, on a somewhat regular basis and um and so that's that was i was hoping that that would be my my secret weapon but yeah it didn't help. i mean it i didn't think help. that obviously like i said i mean it's like i'm sh- they all looked delicious and i'm sure they were all delicious i think that it's i think it, unfortunately because you can't you know you know we're in the we're in the food world to a certain degree so you kind of have to like go for simple and appetizing right which is yeah. the one that's so funny this is really funny. These are questions. Are, oh, I've yeah, here's a good one. Here's, here's Knife House. N-I-F-E-H-O-U-S-E. Not even hard to guess. Craig A, Jeff B, Mareko C. Fucking good. <laughs> and I couldn't control myself. I had to sneak in and says, you couldn't be more wrong. You couldn't. Yeah. I mean, you literally could not be more wrong. Outstanding. Outstanding. Here's a Red Dragon Forge said, A, Mareko, B, Craig, C, Jeff. I love it. I, now all of a sudden I'm just like, yeah, oh, we got a wrong. fucking bit now. Now all of a sudden it's like, you know, <laughs> everyone's trying to guess who it is, and if no one's getting it right, now we now you know. But they're all going to be looking at our plates and our hands oh, yeah, and all yeah, sorts yeah, of yeah. things now, trying to guess. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll try and put you off the scent. So well done, Jeff. That was yeah, great fun. meal. It was good fun. fun. We I think the three of us had fun doing yeah. this. So yeah, sandwich next week. That's going to be yeah, good. It's going to be a good one. Nice. Yes. Shall we take just take one or two more questions? Sure. Maybe one question each. We got we got so many here listed. Um, I'll start with one, and then you two um, can look down the list and pick another. Yeah. So I'll start with Dave Evader Knives. Um, I got a question: How many of you started a new style and felt like you were starting knife maker all over knife making all over again? He said he just started folders and feels like he's at day one. Man, yes, I. I'd love to be able to make a great folder, but there it's it's another level. It's a completely different skill set. Um, I tried making a friction folder probably about a year ago, um, got halfway through and was just like, well, this isn't going to work, um, and went back to doing what I know. So yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I think any new sort of, I mean, that's more of a different style. That's that's a completely different type of knife. Um, so yeah, good on you. Um, fortune favors the brave. Um, it's it's something that. I won't be trying again for some time because those those guys who make folders, some of them are just incredible. The precision yeah. required mm-hmm. is a different level to like like a chef knife. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's like this thing. It's like whenever we go skiing, I still ski where you know some of my friends might snowboard, and they're like, "Well, why don't you snowboard?" It's like, "Well, I know how to ski, and if I start snowboarding, I'll be back at day one, and I don't want to be that fool falling the over again." Slopes. So, snowboarding. Exactly. Yeah. Snowboarding. Keep. Keep doing what you know is my uh, is my thing. Yeah. 
Snowboarding's fun. Well, I'm sure it is. I'm a two planker. I don't do that. I don't do snowboarding. Yeah, I agree. God gave me two legs for a reason. Oh, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> so what do you think? Have you tried any new styles and um, felt like you were starting all over again? I, I would say that when I was uh, <clears throat> when I was doing the hunting knife for Joe Rogan, that was the first time. Uh, it was the handle style. That was very new for me. And um, it, it, it's just... It, there's just all these different contours and stuff that you, I'm not used to as well as, uh, you know, making sure everything lines up and fits up with the guard really properly. And yeah, I had to slow down considerably just to make sure uh, I was getting all that stuff straight because, and it did feel like I'd have to like set it down and look at it and look at my illustration and figure out how the hell I was going to approach, um, the machine again and start grinding mm. to get, you know, the different shapes and contours I was looking for. And yeah, I, it, that definitely made me feel like I was back at the beginning trying to figure things out all over again. Yeah. Mm. I did. And I suppose I'm, I'm starting personally, I'm starting a new style now with it, with like a bushcraft style knife for the next sort of batch of knives that I'm doing. But you know, there's not that much difference really to a chef knife. It's, you know, it's a full tang um, and construction wise is pretty much the same. Yeah, just thought I'd drop that in. I did a uh, very, very flexible charcuterie knife for, like, you know, cutting smoked salmon and stuff like that. Super, super whippy. And I, it was so flexible when I was grinding it. It was so, it was like, it was trying to grind like a noodle. I mean, I I was literally like, Hmm. I was like, like you were talking about your approach. I just was like, what the fuck? And even when you kind of clamp it to a board, it's so long. I mean, you can't clamp the whole thing down. So it was this real, I mean, it was like, God. and we want to try to, you know, bring it to market, but I'm like, I haven't made another one because I'm like, it was such a bear to, to grind because it was just, I had nothing Mm. behind, I had nothing behind it and it couldn't really, and it was like Mm. three quarters of an inch thin. And it was like, it was almost like 11 inches long. It was like such a bitch to, oh my God, it was such a nightmare, but it would really, you feel that way. You feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. What the fuck am I doing? And this is, you feel like, you know, everything you ever learned is, is incorrect and you just nothing but self-doubt sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, fortune favors the the brave. So yeah, good on you for trying something, something a bit different. Very brave. Right, what have you got? Any questions? I got one here from Karen uh, Karam. Karam Knives. He says, "Hey cuties, I keep getting weird ghostish hamones when I quench my 1095 steel. I use an even heat, and my steel is from New Jersey Steel Burn. Not sure what I'm." Sc- uh, screwing up, or if anyone has experienced this, appreciate you guys. You guys got any thoughts on that? Nope. Well, we've we've talked about the um, the difference between the, the shallow hardening steels, and obviously, it's we've talked about uh, what people refer to as auto hormones, where it's yep. unconverted yeah. austenite austenite that's not converting into martensite. Um, I've had that problem, and um, I it made me not want to use you know. 1095 or 1084 i use 1084 now but i was having a real problem with 1095 where i was getting those kind of unconverted that unconverted austenite to switch yeah. over to martensite i was having a bitch of a problem with it yeah i i, get, I agree i think that's exactly what's happening is it's developing auto hormones and, and the biggest the, the reason that's happening is because it's not it's not getting cool cool enough fast enough basically and that has either to do with 
Um, maybe you're quenching it from too low of a temperature, you know, maybe bump it up 50, 25 degrees or something like that could make a big difference. Um, that way you have time to get from your even heat down into the oil. Um, you also, your oil, your quench medium not, might not be within its ideal operating range. And you'd probably ideally be using Parks 50, which is meant for shallow hardening steels like 1095 and W2. Um, and if it's not brought up, I found I get the best results at around 90 degrees. Um, and if it's not at that temperature, um, I find I get weird stuff happens to the steel. Like I especially get like auto hormones happening, which is not ideal. And so, um, yeah, I just check your temperatures, um, and fit, maybe fiddle with them a little bit to try to figure out the, the issue. But that, that's what I, you know, you, even heat's a good, is a good start for sure. And then getting your steel from a reputable purveyor like New Jersey, New Jersey Steel Baron is also a good start. So I, I think it's just fiddling with your, your temperatures of your quench oil and your, and your uh, hardening temperature. I've also had that happen cool. when a long time ago when I was using really thick 440C. And mm. I wasn't, I was, I was quenching between plates. And I was getting unconverted uh, austenite, oh, those blotches. Sure. I was getting those blotches in the stainless steel, and I couldn't figure that out. So yeah. it was like it's that the rate of which it cools, the rate at which it cools. Sure. You know, so the thickness of your steel too could be. You know, maybe that's just not yep. the range. New, news just in. News just in. Yazel Knives has just DM'd the Knife Talk podcast. Oh. So Matt Yazel um, just DM'd the Knife Talk podcast with his guess. A, Morocco, B, Jeff, C, Craig. Fucking man. <sighs> close. Jeez, everybody. Very close. <laughs> Not close at all. <laughs> two out of three ain't bad. Oh, you got two? What do you, <laughs> what, 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 what you guess? Uh, no, you're right. You, you didn't get any right. <laughs> yeah. Two out of complete three ain't bad. That is, loser. That, what a loser. <laughs> that, is, that is the best. If we can make sure they get them all. I mean, you should be able to get two of them right. You know, like it's 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 almost yeah. it's not fifty fifty, but like it seems like everyone got every single one wrong. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> that literally just came in now. Um, looking forward to see who won. He there says so. Yeah, by now you'll know. Got to listen now. to the podcast. Have you got one, Jeff? Uh, yes, I have one. Uh, let's go with Colin Powell. Colin Powell, <laughs> obviously not the former. Uh, Secretary of State. Uh, was he a Secretary of State? I don't remember. Uh, hey, cuties, can I ask you a question? I like I like most KTP listeners. Am in my late twenties and still haven't hit puberty. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no use for the manscaper. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh. So when I wear my respirator every day, I break out like like crazy. Where it contacts my face. Any recommendations to prevent this pizza face that's worse than Jeff's pizza? How do you... <laughs> Jesus. I, I mean, you should probably... I, I would suggest washing your face would be probably number one. You know, like, no. I, you know, a lot of times you, I used to get uh, pimples because I'd have dirt and oil and sweat on my face and then I, I wouldn't wash my face. So maybe mm. you should consider proper hygiene at the end mm -hmm. of the day. That seems like it would be a pretty easy... I'm going to go a little hard on him because he's making fun of my pizza, which is fine. But it's like, you know, maybe consider getting a little bar of soap and, uh, you know, wash your face. 
Yeah. I mean, if it's a problem where I don't know something, something you know, he he's got some reaction or something, try one of the what I use, which is the forced air respirators. Yeah. So it's like a, a complete visor of your face, and nothing touches your face at all. It's sort of held on like, like a hat, and you've got straps around the back of your head, but nothing actually touches the skin of your face. Right. And as a bonus, it keeps you nice and cool too. So I mean, you can get that. They're not that expensive now. Um, you can get them probably under two hundred dollars. Really? Um, and I thought yeah, they were more filters than that. last a long time. No, no. Well, well, in the UK, I paid less than two hundred pounds for mine, huh. brand new. Um, huh. So yeah, so go hunting and see what you can find. There you go. Nice. Um, and wash your face. <laughs> and wash don't face, be disgusting. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I will say that, uh, especially if you're using like a 3M respirator, um, everything comes apart, and you can clean. You can actually clean them up. And so you might consider cleaning up your mask. Uh, if you want to just do something that's easy everyday maintenance, uh, you can get like these little like, I don't know if they're like, they're not necessarily disinfecting wipes, but they're basically like, uh, you know, like if you, you, you go to a barbecue joint, and you get the little wet nap, <laughs> basically. Yeah. It's like a little wet nap cloth thing that you can just wipe your mask down with every, you know, in the morning before you, or whatever, you know, before you put your mask on and start using it. Um, you also just might have, you know, one, actually, if, if you are breaking out immediately, you might have either an allergy or a severe skin sensitivity and you might, yeah, getting, getting a uh, forced air respirator might be the way to go if you are really trying to avoid that. And especially if you're going to, be hitting that COVID dating scene. I mean, it's going to be hard with a respirator mask pimple. <laughs> don't, don't make jo- <laughs> don't make jokes, dude. Don't make jokes, dude. I was talking to I was talking to a doctor, and the number one thing now is you know we were talking about back to COVID is we we're talking about yeah. comfort foods and dr- everyone's drinking STIs. heavy. So STDs yeah. are on the rise. People are oh. fucking, and it's like it's it's it is fuck it is fucking bananas. It's like. You're going to see tons. And a lot of people are prostituting themselves. Like, that's what where the STDs are coming from, is people are oh, prostituting wow. oh, themselves. Oh, Jesus. Look, people, people are desperate. You know, they're letting it go. And then they're going to give it to somebody else. That's going to be the big story out of this, is like how many, you know, the rise in uh, sexually transmitted diseases. So, to whoever that wrote this question, you know, wash your shit up, man. <laughs> I think things change pretty quickly then. <laughs> yeah, you just through puberty and giving you the sex talk now. You can keep your shit squared away. I think that um, Mareko's right about the skin sensitivity. I think that there might be an allergy thing, you know, because like I used to get um, when I would cut G10 on the on the table saw, my insides of my arms would have a I'd have like a dermatitis. I would get like the dust mm-hmm. would really react with the undersides of my arms, and uh, it might be you might be in that situation too. Hmm. Wrap that dick up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. I've got a community showcase this week. I don't know if you guys have, but um, let's get going. Community showcase. Mine is um, Daniel Meadows. Uh, I don't know if you guys know of his work. Um, Meadows Knives on Instagram. Um, from Birmingham, Alabama. The most beautiful, beautiful chef knives, like stunning contrast in the blades. He uses, let's, well, let's call it clad steel, let's say. Um, And the most amazing contrast that that I've ever seen. 
It's incredible. Hmm. And really stunning contrast on the handle work as well. So, yeah, go take a look at Meadows Knives on Instagram. Um, he, I'm looking at his work, and he's only got like 2,000 followers. And it, 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 yeah, it blows my mind because the work is so clean and, yeah, such high quality. Um, Meadows Knives, go take a look. Right. Have you guys got a yeah, community showcase? I got somebody. Uh, I got uh, Bauer Blades. He is—he was an apprentice of uh, Yella Hasenberg, uh, who's over in Ireland, um, and it's Magdy Bauer, and he's from London. And he, you know, he can—you can see a very strong um, inspiration from uh, his time working with Yella. But he obviously has talent. He's doing some very clean, very good work. Um, and um, I talked about a watercolor. Uh, painter a couple weeks back and it I, I couldn't t I didn't know whose knives they were but it was definitely Bauer blades uh, that they did the uh, that they were doing the painting of uh, yeah and he's only got a few followers or I guess not just a few he's got just under 3,000 followers which isn't too terrible for a brand new maker uh, but yeah his his work is really great and he's definitely gonna be an up-and-comer uh, out of the UK so keep your eyes peeled on him I have a nice young man. I don't know if he's young or not, but uh, Edwards underscore Blades, Nick Edwards. He's in uh, New South Wales, Australia. These Australians, you got to keep your eyes on them. They are just all so super, super, such a super, super talented area. This guy, uh, Nick Edwards, Edwards underscore Blades, does all these beautiful knives. He forges some. He does uh, Damascus. He did a Damascus Tanto that's really cool. And, He's just a, you know, working hard. He only has 220 followers, and he's definitely worth a follow. He's just a, you know, hardworking young man out of Australia. I uh, really like what he's up to, and uh, I want to support him as much as I can. So, Edwards underscore Blades. Perfect. Perfect. We'll have these in the show notes as well. So, on the, um, on the makery.network, if you head over to Knife Talk, you'll see all these listed in the show notes. Okay, let's finish on something positive. Our hopes and dreams for the week. Let's start with Morocco. What have you got? What are you hoping for? Oh this week? boy. Well, I, I just hope everything in, in the shop goes smooth. That's all I can really ever ask for. <laughs> um, but outside of that, actually, my son is turning four in, on the fourth, uh, which I believe well, is happy Tuesday. Birthday. Yeah, happy birthday! So, Want to be fun? Um, yeah, I think we're gonna take the day and have some fun. And you know, we already got his his birthday dinner lined up <laughs> my wife was asking him last night he loves salami and he loves mac and cheese so well tough you're having sandwiches every day this week <laughs> 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 and so uh yeah but i think we're just gonna i don't know i just look forward to the you know doing that and we're just gonna do a, a small just us the three of us thing uh on his actual birthday um, because we're doing his birthday birthday uh, on the weekend following when everybody has time to nice. get together and whatnot. So uh, we're doing it lu luau themed. So there's going to be lots of loco moco flow. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are doing a little... second rate loco moco. <laughs> as we've discussed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, oh, that's the Victor is very excited about this competition, and he's probably going to cry a little bit. Knowing his daddy lost. 
I'm sure. I'm sure. So, you just happy lied birthday from Jeff. Just deli- well, I, I had nothing to I do just with joke. it. <laughs> I, I never pulled. Po- uh, spoiled his birthday. Right. I spoiled his birthday. I submitted a picture and kept my mouth it's shut. Just, it's his golden birthday, man. You ruined it. No, I'm just, I'm just totally kidding. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. It's just good time with the family and uh, and hanging. Take it easy and everything goes smooth in the shop. That's it. That's all I want. Cool. Okay. Um, my dream and hope for the week is it's going to be a bit cooler so I can get more work done because it is so, so, so hot. Um, what else we got going on? Um um, I'm hoping the packaging arrives this week so I can get a bunch of knives out in the post. Um, I'm working on a bunch of steak knives as well. I'm hoping there's no hiccups with that. Um, and that's it, really. Just, yeah, as you say, nobody dies. That's the, that's the main for one. Your, except for the tenants. Except for the old people. <laughs> except, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Monsieur, Monsieur Poirot, whatever his name is, yeah. I'm looking forward to spoiling some more children's birthdays. That's that's really what it's... <laughs> I'm fired up about it. You know, now, now I got a thing going. I'm going to take some candy for You're going to dress up as a scary clown and just yeah, turn up. Take, ah. pull out. You don't want that cake, kid. So I don't care if it's your birthday. Take it away. Um, I'm very much looking forward to... Uh, actually, I, I'm tired because I, I worked so hard on the last episode of the Full Blast podcast with... Uh, Quentin Middleton. It was a lot of work, and it was a great interview, but it was a lot of work. So, I'm looking forward to being a little bit more uh, cavalier with Jesse Savage on the hmm. next episode. A little bit less hard hitting and more uh, just kind of like loosening up. Um, and then uh, it's going to be Steak Knife City this week. I got to. Uh, I just actually oh, wow. I tempered uh, twelve steak knives while we were podcasting, and uh, I got to heat treat another sixteen. So I'm gonna get I wanna get all those out the door this week. That's the plan. Um that's the plan. The plan that's the plan. We'll see if it happens. That's the plan. And uh no more Aperol spritz. We got one we got one slug <laughs> left. We got one slug left. So I have to find something new. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's a show. Hour and fifty minutes. Top quality entertainment as usual. And remember, you can find more of this style of entertainment at makery.network, where there's a bunch of podcasts made for makers just like you. Um, And that's it for the week. We've got sandwiches to make Mm. this week. So remember, KTP Cookalong is the hashtag. Send us photos of your sandwiches. Send us some inspiration, um, and we will reveal a winner this time next week. Have a good week. Bye for now. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.